Well, we're currently recording, so whatever you say will be held against you in a court of law. Because we were all private conversations, okay? He's recording this, so no private conversations. Because it will go on. Let me tell you about the aliens. Well, the whole point is not necessarily to have a, a focus. It's just to be the roundtable discussion, and that's really what it was last time. If we if I chop it up into an actual episode, it turns into an actual episode. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That's cool. It is in the APC Presents feed, which I thought I posted in the group, but double check. Check, check, one, two, three. Check. Pop, pop, popsicle. Ice, ice, icicle. Test, test, one, two, three. One, two, three. Test, one, two, three. Bob, I would never make this. This weekend I went to this place in Hortonville. It's a drive-in, like an actual drive-in where you park and you got to, like, roll your window down. Like the one that's right in the middle or in Hortonville? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no dining in. Yeah. It's just like they have. I know which one you're talking about. And their sign said, we only accept cash and checks. And I was like, I can't think of a place that does not accept credit cards, but does accept checks <laughs> yeah, yeah. anywhere anymore. Very old-fashioned. My barber shop doesn't take checks or cards. Yeah. Really? And every place that does take cards is very just tapping on that 3% on top now. At least all the coffee shops, a lot of the coffee shops out there and everywhere else. Usually it just gets bundled into business expense, but or the total price, but now we're all seeing it. It's like going to a restaurant in a bigger city where they have automatically add a kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. So, so what do we eat? Right. Bundle it in. Don't let me see it. <laughs> Give me the illusion that it's just an all-included all price point of my meal. Of my meal. I feel like I'm so far away, I can't hear Yeah, anybody. why don't you pull the... I don't know, man. Pull the table over. What? <laughs> She's like, why don't we bring the tables closer together? Oh, is that an option? It's always an option. We can do what we want. That's a big question. Gary basically runs this place. I wouldn't go that far. Not yet. Gary can order beer here. That's what he's getting. Walter Kins, did you guys just come back from traveling somewhere? Yes. Yes, we got back from Colombia. Colombia! I have never been to Colombia. That was our second time there. I was going to say, you guys have been there before. I'm going to Puerto Rico, though, in September. And more importantly, I found my passport. Well, that's, <laughs> well, that's always a good thing. 
Like my passport was missing. I had I had all this because I packed everything in one day. Yeah. And I had a box that said passport, and I looked in it, and there was no passport. And I think I finally found it. It was with my. I have these two bricks of money. Yeah. They're just <laughs> random <laughs> small bills from countries all over the world. Bar turns <laughs> and you said that. Who doesn't? <laughs> I can bring it in sometimes. Because like, it's literally like these two huge stacks of money, but it's all like. I've never known anybody who had so much money they had to keep it. It's not so much money. I could probably not get $100 for it. And nobody would do it because it was like, what am I going to do with five Laotian kits? Like, this is worth 20 cents. I mean, the, the bank's going to have it because in the off chance, well, actually, somebody from Apple and Google loves, but um, yeah, it's just it's just this random stuff I had left over when I left the country, and I just have a ton of it. I never had money randomly left over ever. You need to travel more. You got sure you you <laughs> Surprisingly, we actually used all our Colombian money this time. We only had a little bit of We had like a hundred pesos left, which is nothing. Yeah. It was like 10 cents? No, not even close. Not even close. <laughs> no, no, we well, actually did really, to really, really good. It was nice. pretty amazing. But yeah, it was an amazing trip. Place to go right now? Argentina. We're going there. Yeah, we're flying in Chile. November. You we're can fly take advantage Italy. of their suffering. <laughs> oh, no. suffering because inflation is yeah. so bad uh, yeah. Yeah. go there you know. ask them it's like how many hundred, crisp hundred dollar bills should we bring <laughs> no I'm, I'm not even joking when I say that because you, you, the, the black market in Argentina is like out in the open like you could ask a cop on a corner it's like hey where can I find the black market to exchange this money like oh over there because it's just so up, up in the open and it, but yeah seriously bring crisp brand new $100 bills. Go to the bank, get a withdrawal, and specifically ask the teller, wow. I need... Should I stop recording? <laughs> no, this is perfect. You'll find this stuff online. Interesting. Okay. And, and specifically say, I know this is a weird request, but I need crisp, oh, no. the newest $100 bills you can with no folds or creases. That's not weird because they'll probably just think you're giving it for like a birthday or something. No, you could tell them. Wow. I'm going to Argentina. And I'm going to convert this on yeah. the black oh, You should tell them. Tell them the whole story. You could put me in Argentina in prison, but and then, that ain't gonna happen and then because I'll get out of it because I'll have hundred dollars, <laughs> which is all you need to get out of Argentine prison. Oh, the more you know. <laughs> they won the World Cup, though. Things can't be that. Oh yes, it can. Because it's now worth like ten percent of what it was when they won. Yeah, they just celebrated for a while. Thanks a beer. It's becoming more popular because they're they're, they're actually because people need to um, say if you look at the countries that are the number one adopters of Bitcoin, the United States is like fourth, and every other country is a developing country. It's Vietnam is number one, uh, Nigeria is very high on the list. Places that don't have uh, a stable banking system and a stable currency, mm. people are mm. putting their money in it. Everyone's like, oh, well, Bitcoin is so unstable. It's like, well, their attitude is anything that goes up and down is better than something that only goes down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The thing is, you know, what I heard is that their whole economy kind of went down 
when this guy took all their money and put it in a brick and left. <laughs> <laughs> if the amount of money is smaller than my money brick is enough to destabilize a currency, they were in trouble to begin with. <laughs> No, I'll bring it in. It's like it's it's fascinating because it's just like all this random little. I think it notes. would be really cool yeah. to yeah. see. Oh, and I have a collection of pound notes from countries that are not England. So yes, so I have a Falkland Islands five pound note. I got a Saint Helena five pound note, a Gibraltar five pound note. Uh, Scotland has their own notes. The Isle of Man. I got a twenty pound note because I was in the Isle of Man. I took out two hundred pounds because I was going to go to Scotland. I didn't think anything of it. I went to the ATM, pop, 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 took the money out to look at it, put it in my wallet, fly to Edinburgh, check into my hotel. I was going to go to a movie, go to the theater, whip out a note, and she's like, sorry, I can't take this. Why? It's like, look at it. I was like, it was Isle of Man, and it had the Triskelon on it, which is like the quasi-three-legged thing that's like a swastika that was deformed. That's their symbol. It's an ancient symbol. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, I didn't know how to get rid of it. So I would like go to places like restaurants, and then they would like give you the check, and I'd order something for like, you know, 18 pounds, and I'd put a 20 in it from the Isle of Man as a tip, and then I'd leave. <laughs> because they can go to a bank and cash it, but it's not like nobody accepts it in daily use. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. So when, when, they, when the, the money crashes, but it's devalued, is a five pound worth like about two pounds? Is it like a maximum weight loss kind of thing? Pounds a pound. They're not, it's not, if it was kilograms, it'd be funnier. But. <laughs> now you're talking kilos and you're back into those bricks again, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Is that what you really Put the mic in front of Bob. He's already told me that's not allowed. So he's the man that you've done 500 podcast episodes and you won't get on front of the mic. Sorry, different. He has yeah. NDAs. Not really, but that's what I'll call it. Watch the wire, man. We'll call it. Yeah, it was a great. It was a great series. The wire. What is NDA? Explain that. Disclosure agreement. Okay. So yeah, they're very frowned upon, but I think there's just restrictions in the occupation that Bob is in. Yes. That prevent him from being on microphone yeah. as often as he would probably like to. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. The, uh, Sim- similar. Yeah. Mafia out of Milwaukee is. Bob's not his real name, but yes. Uh, but NDA is like you leave a job and you can't give any trade secrets away, or right. you can't tell. There's not compete. I think there's a non-competes are also going away. Sometimes. Yeah, start. Yeah, it's it's getting there. Yeah, yeah. They're illegal. I don't know. If that's yeah, I work for a flooring company, and we. Decide. Have non competes right I now. Is starting to get yeah, it is. <laughs> what next? Hey, legal stuff. Let's talk about copyright. Am I right? right? <laughs> Who's excited about that? Yeah. No one? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to think about, but not on the top of everyone's list. It's just don't steal people's work. That's really yeah. what it is. Yeah. And if you do, don't get caught. Yes. Or, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Don't, yeah. so, or tweak it in some way that makes it feel like it's your own. Yeah. Yep. Derivative. Just run it through an 
about AI software. <laughs> <laughs> or call it a parody. And, uh, <laughs> technically, it'd have to be making fun of the original thing, but mm. we'll cross that bridge over Hi, welcome to the Apple Podcast Call. This is Pods and Pints. It's our week, monthly evening meetup. We're starting at questions. Yeah, we're starting right now. We're, we did that 15 minute warm up where we get to know each other and we you know, start to get, build up uh, the chemistry between the hosts and then you actually start recording. Right? Basically means you didn't like what we had to say. I am so confused because I thought that was all. You know, yeah, man. I thought we had laid out a whole bunch of. Really, it's all gonna be edited. Content, like, <laughs> kind of a risk going on there, you know. I mean, that was hard on Bob, man. That was hard on him. That was I mean, tough. Yeah. yeah. For this, if you go down in that comedy, yeah. <laughs> it's true. So I just pivot right on the spot. Yeah. I just wanted to introduce people because we were doing a lot of floating voices, and I want to put a name. Yes. To the voice. That makes sense. I was listening to a podcast and the main host didn't say his name throughout the entire thing. And it wasn't in the show notes, and I was like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, all you have to do, he didn't even say, I don't even think you need to say your last name. I just like, give me your first name. Hey, it's Will. Hey. It's you know, allow us to create that connection. Yeah. Right? Well, the connection feel feels a little bit more personal, and then, I mean, he was a he was an artist, so a music artist. So it was like, oh, I could look you up afterwards and see what music you created. Nope, they didn't even say a thing. I was like, huh. Okay, this is what it is. But so he said his profession, but didn't say his name. And he's a musician. No, he, he didn't really introduce himself at all. Was he new? So how did no, you know he was a musician? Because I found out, found out after I stalked him and had to look up. Well, how'd you stalk him if you didn't know his name? I backtracked to not the episode show notes, but the main show notes for the show had his name in it at the very end, and that's how I had to. But it was extra steps. Who wants to go? Through? Yeah, yeah, nobody's going to do that. Sure, all this hey, stuff is real private, so David cannot stop. What? what was his You're in podcasting. What was his name again? <laughs> it was Will Hart. What? Will Hart? Yeah. Okay, so now we all know who David Kelso has a crush on. Yep. Because if you're willing to go to that level to stock some guy, yeah. it's more than just a good podcast. Okay, I was, writing, I was writing a review of the podcast for my newsletter, and I was trying to dive in and find out his name, so there was more homework to it than just that. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. that's creepy now. Stories. That's my cover story. <laughs> I don't have his poster on my wall. Or in my closet. I don't know where you have it. <laughs> <laughs> He's got All appropriate t- place. He has it taped to his heart. Yes. <laughs> Now the show can start. Now, hey, welcome back <laughs> to the Apple Podcast. So, uh, this is our monthly meeting. The first Wednesday of every month, this we meet the, in the this second. <laughs> and, you weren't here, so it wasn't important. This is take two on starting the show. Maybe take three. Man, I thought take one was real good. Three. What do you want? What do you want? What is your expectation here, man? Just because I want to do a little introduction to the show and get some people's names before I... It's the third time you've done the introduction. So are you ready to go home? That's because Bob said take two. I didn't say take two. I said take two. Gary said the show can start now. So. You know what? I, think I love it. So let's do it on the show. Unruly, maybe than the morning group. <laughs> yes, we're at a bar. The morning group just woke up and they had coffee. <laughs> they don't even know there's microphones in front of them. They're really woke up. 
barely awake, barely alive. But anyways, I'm David. Hi, David. I helped co-found that so, podcast co-op, so and we'll go to our right here. Is that how you introduce yourself at those those meetings? Well, step one complete. Happy to be here. Thanks for letting me be here, guys. So I helped co-found that the podcast co-op with another person at this table across the way, which you will be introduced to shortly. But for now, you're not good enough to be entered up with Disney. That's fine. I'm just going around the circle. This is a chaotic circle. I just happen to be sitting next to him. You just keep distracting me. I'm going to go get another beer. You're next. Hi. <laughs> My name is Jess. I of That's Deep with Eden and Jess. We have a podcast that is lifting up stories of people who have gone through some stuff and maybe will be able to bring you some tools and practices that can help you navigate things like imposter syndrome or empty nest is, was our latest episode. Um, we did have... Uh, Oh my gosh, we had a present podcaster here, Gary Arndt, who you'll hear from. We had him on the podcast. We kind of just are hodgepodge. It's very experimental. It's very much about empathetic listening, um, deep listening. Um, my episode had nothing to do with authentic, that. Authenticity. <laughs> I didn't even authentic, talk about listening. Authentic conversation. We are listening to you empathetically. Yeah, I was like, shut up. I'm going to talk. We're listening to you empathetically. Exactly. Um, yeah. Authentic conversation, sometimes very vulnerable conversation. Um, all inspired by Netflix series Stuts, um, which is Jonah Hill, who interviews his therapist, Stut uh, Phil Stutz, and we were kind of inspired by that, and um, I was like, hey, I thought it was the Netflix having... series Warrior Nun. <laughs> we're... <laughs> Warrior Nun? I don't know what that is. Oh, they did two seasons of it, but here's the premise. Okay. She's a nun and a warrior. Oh, warrior I was thinking N-O-N-E, but no, it's N-E-N. -E Okay. Yeah. She's a warrior. Mm. She's a nun. Mm. Warrior nun. So who would be the nun? You got it. No, it's actually. <laughs> you got to actually watch it because. Okay. It, it they like I said they did two seasons and it, it actually really is kind of good. Okay. Uh, but it was based on a comic book series. Mm. And uh, yeah. Thing is, Jerry had a thing for Mother Superior. No, the nun. The warrior nun. The she was kind of hot. Paddle? Yeah. Or? She was Portuguese. I'm going to write down paddle. Yeah. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you never look at these notes? What is happening? I have no idea. I think you can show people. Give some people a microphone and they can raise it. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I was trying to be legit, and then Gary over here, like, started talking about nuns, and I don't know what happened. 
Okay. Can I? I'm just gonna introduce myself. Okay. I'm Tracy. Okay. I'm Tracy. I have a show Stigmas and Open Wounds with Eric, who is to my right, and just briefly, we just touch on the stigmas against mental health and some other issues. We kind of talk about a wide variety of stuff, and I'm just gonna keep it real brief and give it to Eric now. <laughs> and now to my co-founder and friend. Hi, I'm Eric Walterkins. Hi, Eric. <laughs> He's not even on mic. Yell louder. What are you talking about? All right. So, see, everybody's trying to distract me. So, silence now. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Eric Walterkins. I'm from Stigmas and Open Wounds, like Tracy said, but I also have the Milwaukee Mafia podcast, which is a podcast about, guess what, the Milwaukee Mafia, bum, bum, which... I do with a lo- lifelong friend of mine, Gavin Schmidt, who Mafia. has written just about every book on the planet about the Milwaukee Mafia, ironically. So, yeah. that's And I'm the co-founder of the Appleton Podcast. And Milwaukee. Murders and Mayhem. Yeah. Oh, dude, if we go... Them. Come on. Sorry, Stop. But Gavin, if I go through all the podcasts, we'll be here all night. We went to school. So, <laughs> so, but there are some other podcasts, but we're not going to talk about them. So, turn it over to Gary. <laughs> I was just thinking, is stigmas and open wounds by any chance a play on stigmata? No. No. Not at all. Because you can see, like, open wounds. Yeah. 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 That would have probably made it way more clever, huh? If it was. But then it would be like, you know, we're talking to people that show the wounds of Christ. (laughs) Tell me about how holes appear in your hands. (laughs) (laughs) Someday we will... No, Bob should introduce himself here. You have to talk. You didn't say anything about I've, I've been talking a lot. Yeah. No, you didn't say anything about yourself. Uh, my name yeah, is Gary, and I host a podcast. The Wire. And what's the name of that podcast? Uh, the show I used to host was called This Week in Travel. And what's the one you're currently watching? You have to leave. You have to leave? Yes, I'm sorry. Oh, sure. Well, you get your bid in and you leave. That's it. Yep. That's what I we. It's called advertising. It's marketing. Marketing for a podcast. You know we're gonna go. We're gonna talk about you when you're gone. I know you. It's not gonna be. Um, hey, you do know that that means you get to be on Mike Bob. Eric about doing like having you guys on the show. So, yes, yeah. Let's let's set it up. Yeah, just let us know. Okay. Let us know what you need from us. Yeah. All right. You can just leave that there. Bob doesn't want it. Okay. So you're going to go some foreign country and come back during the time between now and the next meeting? Probably not. No. Yeah. I think we'll be your next On a bike. Well, I'm going to Utah. Well, I'll go to Utah by our next week. But our next thing is Chile. Yeah, and that's not until November. I talked to Amy, by the way, about doing a workshop. So I'll have to connect with you later to pick your brain a little bit more about what those classes are like with people that sign up because she wants me to do it four times a year. Yeah. That's the key. If you do it four times a year, you'll you'll probably get two classes out of that unless you can figure out a way to get more people there. What workshop? What is this workshop on? 
uh, podcasting, how to oh. start a podcast. It would have probably used to be a one, like a Friday, and then in the morning it would be all about the productions and processes of starting a podcast, and the afternoon talking about marketing and stuff. Mm. Um, and then inviting people from the APC and from elsewhere that have podcasts and stories of podcasts to share their expertise with other people that don't have podcasts yet. At least point it in the general direction of them. He won't want it directly. I'm still waiting for the the gear and radio show to to come back. Bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. (laughs) Hi, Mom. Hi. Have a good night. Drive safe. Tell your folks they says hi. Did you tell them, Bob? Tell Jerry, my folks? Did you say your the name of your podcast? No, we didn't. Okay, Gary Art, you're on. You're current. <laughs> oh, I forgot. It's uh, a long title. Everything, everywhere. Yeah, that's it. Daily, daily. You got to put daily. Everything, everywhere, daily. There you go. You'll find it. See, I want to. After I started listening to it, I wanted to be everything, everywhere, every day. But then he'd already locked in daily, and I was like, "I kind of like daily better because it's it's succinct." I'm gonna have one almost nothing all the time. Daily, everything, everywhere, every day. That's too many. That's too many. Uh, the vowels. Too many is. Okay. Well, the name "Everything Everywhere" is what I used for my travel blog, yeah. and I started mm-hmm. that in 2006. And I realized soon afterwards that I had accidentally done something smart in picking a very <laughs> generic name mm. that I could yeah. convert it into whatever I want. Because a lot of people I knew with travel blogs were like, I'm backpacking Dan. And you're kind of limited to backpacking Dan. And there were li- I knew this one woman had a site that was called 20-something travel. And guess what happened to her? She, she turned 30. Yep. <laughs> and I think she's 40 now. And I told her about this at the time. I was like, you know you will age. And the only way this works is if you die. So it was a bad decision. Yeah, it's like, and then she was like, yeah, I know. And then she finally changed him. She was like 35. I was like, that's wishful thinking. Um, but the name was so generic that I could do whatever I wanted when, when I started the show. Yeah. I, so if you go to the front page of my, my website now, I mean, I mentioned traveling, but it's not the focus of the website anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though that is still probably where I get most of the traffic is stuff I've written in the past about that um, and it still actually is a it's, it's an okay money maker in terms of like running, AdSense still? Uh, not AdSense or, but uh, Mediavine uh, mm-hmm. but, but display ads yeah. so I make about depends on the month I'll make between like a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks a month that's not bad just from display ads yeah so that you know between that and Patreon that covers my rent yeah so and then some rent on the internet rent in real life <laughs> Website hosting and everything else. Sure. Yeah. Basically, it pays for everything everywhere daily. Well, I don't. Well, I was going to say I don't have to pay for hosting, but that's not quite true. I actually have to pay a lot for hosting, but that comes out of um, what I what I make for advertising. So, and they recently cut a new deal with Megaphone, so it's I have to. I actually end up paying a lot. Because I have so much traffic now. Yeah. So you I scale think, with it kind of a thing. 
know, I want to say it's like 800 bucks a month. Yikes. But oh, that it's not just hosting. Yeah. So it's also the reason you go with Megaphone is for advertising. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of what they're providing. You're basically buying into that ecosystem and reporting and stuff right. like that. Yeah. It's from Spotify as well. So there's, or it's owned by Spotify. I don't know so if that more. means anything. Although surprise, yeah. I mean, I have a, I would say my Spotify audience is larger than most podcasts. But I also think that's because I attract a more lay audience, like not a hardcore podcast listening audience. Casual listener. So it listens to one or two shows kind of a thing and not. Yeah. But so, for example, if you look at the number of reviews I have on Apple, it's like 570 as of today. Nice. And I should say, when you look at Apple, it's only looking at it by country. Yeah. So I think globally, it's 570 in the United States and 800 something maybe globally. On Spotify, I just hit 900 and I'll probably hit 1,000 by maybe within 30 days, 30, 45 days. So you attribute that to just more listeners on Spotify or is it the platform? itself that engages people more to try and review you're not you're not well they just opened up reviews like a month ago not even so you, people can finally leave but it's on a per episode basis not on a show basis but, oh, yeah. so people are just leaving polls, ratings you can customize your polls now yeah but it's it's dumb the way they have it so I just leave it to the default it's like what do you think of the show and then people just right. you know yeah um, throw in whatever they want but yeah, it's I, so I'm, I've been doing better on Spotify than most podcasts that I know of. If you look at like the overall percentage of, of how people are doing, but I don't, I can't think of anything I did to, to make that happen. I think the only thing I can think of is that I do so many episodes on so many different things that if people search Spotify, the odds of me coming up as a hit for something yeah. is higher because I've just done a lot of stuff. All right. And my my most listened to episode ever on Spotify was the episode I did on Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Music yep. yep. And so I did like a history of rock and roll episode for that reason, and I'll probably be doing other stuff like the history of hip hop, yeah. uh, heavy metal, bluegrass, country, things like that. Would you do specific songs or things like that if they? Have if a there really is a renowned? good story behind the song, um, and I don't think most songs have an in, a story that interesting. Winds of Change has a story that interesting. Is that the Scorpions one with the CIA supposedly behind yes. it? Yes, because there was an entire podcast <laughs> that, about it. That, that that's something that like that could be yes. um, but like you know oh hey Jude is about Julian Lennon that's a fun fact that's not a, I don't know how I could milk that into a you could do maybe hit songs from a band like the Beatles in general or something I did an episode on who was the fifth Beatle okay I don't think I listened to that one it was a very early one um, but it was like here are you know here's where the phrase originates and here are people who've been called the fifth Beatle George Martin was called the fifth Beatle uh, there was actually you know Pete Best who was the drummer uh, Stuart Sutcliffe who was actually who, they actually had five members in the band at one point and he was the bass player and he was this very good looking art student who really wasn't a very good musician and then he died of cancer when he was like 24 or something um, and he is on the Sgt. Pepper's cover one of the cutouts of people is Stuart Sutcliffe. They put him on there. Huh. Oh, wow. Um, he's, like, in the, the background or something. Interesting. Um, that's just a, yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, I would do a song if it's interesting. The reason I did Beethoven's Ninth is because there's a great
great story behind it, and it was also instrumental into determining the format of the compact disc. So Sony and Philips were debating how long a compact disc should be. And ultimately, it was the wife of the CEO of Sony who wanted an entire rendition of Beethoven's Ninth to be able to fit on one compact disc. And so they, that's that's what they made it. I think it was 72 minutes is the the length. And there was not a version of Beethoven's Ninth that was 70 that, that was actually that long until like 10 years after was, the format was introduced. Mm. But yeah, it was Beethoven's Ninth that was the, that that set the uh, the limit for how long a compact disc would be. That's interesting. It's you know the the weird things that kind of make that happen. Like with uh, the width of a chariot race is how wide a, a railroad is. Uh, mm. Four feet eight inches. Yeah, and it's like those little things that just carry through to the rest of history. Every freaking show I do is like some sort of. Oh, and this started, you know, 3,000 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, even if it's a holiday or something, people don't realize the origins of stuff that are so ancient. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it's just it's just kind of in the background. Yeah. But we're, we're all hostages of history, <laughs> even though we don't know it. Uh, I'm going to write that down. Hostages of history. Yes. I don't know. It seems nefarious. <laughs> no. Think of think of where we are doing this right now. We're in Appleton, Wisconsin. Yes. Yeah. The streets are a certain way. We've been used to it forever. Yeah. And all of the decisions that were made here, this is, what's, what street is this? This State. is State Street. Yeah. State I think street. we're, one street over is, is Division. Sure. Division. No, Richmond's that way. There, no division. Uh, there's Walnut. Wait, which way? <laughs> We're one block away from Division, aren't we? Sure. I think maybe a couple. But there's there's a Division Street and there's a Union Street. Yes. yes. That's because College Avenue here used to be three different cities, three different towns. There was Appleton, Lawsburg, and Grand Chute. Huh. Division was the difference between Appleton and Grand Chute. Union is where Lawsburg and Appleton merged together. That was the dividing line. <laughs> so all this stuff is here. Yeah. There, there's a story behind everything. Yeah. You may not know it. You just like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever, that street. Yeah. You don't think Another about street, it. Another. But there's always something. Yeah. Um, if you walk down here, look up at the tops of the buildings. You know where the Gibson building is? It's yep. the Art Deco. The, yeah. It was the, used to be yep. the Gibson garage. It was a car dealership. One of the very first car dealerships in Appleton. The building next to it, if you look up at the top, you'll see a horse head. A stone yeah. horse head. I think I've noticed that before. It was a livery. That's what the oh. building originally was. Back before there were cars. Yeah. And a very different style building. And people walk past it every day. I just think, ooh, fun. Have you noticed in the Avenue Mall that there's one building in the middle that, like, stands alone that is not part of the mall? It's right where Ona. Well, I don't know what they call it now. The Avenue, the big monstrosity they built on College Avenue. <laughs> oh, City Center. City Center. Yeah. That they're trying to now was, redo again. It was called yeah. the Avenue Mall when it was built because it was done in response to the Fox River Mall because they got jealous and had mall envy. Yeah. But there was one building in the middle that was the oldest building on College Avenue that they kept oh. intact and they built the whole thing around, around it. And it was originally a Burger King. 
<laughs> and it's still there because it was historic, and now it just looks stupid. Yeah. Because they built one is and what? There's where Bowl 91 is and like Murphy Fellow. Yeah, probably. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The photo thing's right next to it. Yeah. Um, but there's that fancy pen shop. Yes. But I'm like, how does that stay in business? But but the point is, I keep meaning to go there. All this stuff. <laughs> I want a fancy pen. Yeah. Is part of history. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we may you may not know it, and it, it's true of everything. Um, I don't even think the paper making industry in Appleton is people know the history of it. This town was profoundly influenced by paper. When I was growing up, there was kind of an assumption for a lot of people that you'd get a job at the paper mill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I knew kids whose dads was like, a, they were a foreman or something. And that was a big deal. Because um, they uh, they have a nice yeah. pickup truck or something, yeah. and there just aren't as many paper mills anymore. It's not even I don't even know where it would be in terms of the top industries in Appleton. But I don't even think it'd be in the top five. Right. I, mean, I think packaging in general, not necessarily. Yeah, paper but the, those are like you know things around it. Yeah. But the actual creation of paper, and the question is, well, why did why was this the paper you know a, a center for paper making? I remember being told in eighth grade that the Soviets had targeted the Fox cities for a nuclear attack because of our paper making. I think I've heard that too. As I don't know where I did, but it was like, I was like, there's gotta be better well, targets it, than that. Is yeah. it one of the schools, the, is it, is it Kimberly or Little Shoot or something called the paper makers? Yeah, Kimberly paper makers. Yeah. yeah. Called the paper makers. And we're, we're like, Ooh, that's tough. Like, <laughs> but there's like, history. His, I remember historically we, uh, we had a high school basketball game. I went to Appleton East and we lost to Kimberly once. We were chanting at the end of the game. Hey, Hey, that's okay. We're going to be your boss one day. <laughs> Because <laughs> they all worked in paper mills. <laughs> Ooh. That's fair. But yeah, I thought. I don't know if that'd be true today, though. <laughs> uh, probably not. They, uh, I mean, uh, what, should Kim we? is Kimberly Clark still the only. Is Kimberly Clark? And there's one. Kimberly Clark moved to Georgia, their headquarters. That was a long time ago. Oh, was it? It was in Nina, and then they. But you're right, there's like lots they're, of they different... They have two in Oshkosh. There's, one, there's still a presence here, but, yes. they're, here. but their yeah. headquarters used to be here, yeah. and it moved to Georgia. But okay. there's still a ton of ancillary companies that do, like you said, packaging, right. coding, different technical things that are surrounding it. I have a nephew that just got a job at, um, what's the company that bought Bemis? Amcor? Yeah, I think mm. so. So he does like a packaging thing there. And I asked him about it. Like I saw him at Easter and he's like, oh yeah, I'm involved, you know, with like the packaging division that does like meat stuff. For, and he has to like go to clients and there's like, oh, we got, you know, a version for this if it's porous membrane for, and like there's a whole lot into it that you don't know. But right. um so there's a lot of that the that, that goes on. But yes, hostages to history. What comes before you? That'd be a good title for a podcast, today. actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can you can hold on to that one, Gary. I'll let you, because I'm not a, as much of a history buff as you are. So, <laughs> well, I'm actually um, I'm probably going to be putting my show on a a new service that I was contacted by that's going to be starting, where it's going to be a paid subscription service, and you're going to be able to get like a whole bunch of history shows. Oh, and it's okay. going to be an opportunity to make money. Like doing a limited show is is not a good idea if you're an independent podcaster. Right. Like if you want to do six shows, big networks can get away with that. Like there was this one about um, right. they can the, hold each other up. Kind of. Uh, who's the wife of Woodrow Wilson? Edith. 
Yep. Edith, and it was, um, oh, who is Edith? Uh, what's her name? Um, I really like, person. what? There was, there's been a slew of podcasts. She did, she are, did, um, she was Marie Curie. Uh, I've got it queued up because I've been listening. Rosamund Pike. She was in Wheel of Time. Yeah, Rosamund Pike. Okay. So she was Edith Wilson. And it was like a six-episode yep. series or something like that. Mm-hmm. You are correct. It was Rosamund Pike. You can't do that as an independent podcaster. But in a service like this, where it's a subscription-based service, because one of the things I wanted to do was a limited series where we do a watching of I, Claudius. Mm-hmm. I, Claudius was a 1970s BBC uh, miniseries about the book I, Claudius that talks about the Roman Emperor Claudius and it starts when he's young, goes through to his death when Nero took over. Like Mystery Science Theater 3000? Not at all. But the the, the I, Claudius series. It's a straight up history. No making fun of it. It's a great, (laughs) the acting is fantastic. Okay. The set design and makeup is awful. Because it was all done on a BBC soundstage. Oh, yeah. But, like, Claudius is played by Derek Jacobi, who's, like, this fantastic Shakespearean actor. Mm. Uh, Augustus was... um, uh, Brian Blessed. These guys are in their 80s now, but they're they're like you know, top of their game at that. Shakespearean yeah. British actors, and so the acting was fantastic, but the yeah the set time is horrible. But I wanted to do like a a, a watching of it, huh. where we you know I find someone else yeah. and we go we watch you know, every episode and maybe interview some of these actors because I know they love talking about it still. Right. Historical commentary at the same but I, time. But I couldn't do days. that if it was just like I, I just made a public show. I mean, I could, but it would. You'd never see a return. Mm. Yeah, you have to have that sort of the network and the the production house to sort of carry it a little bit. Because the one, Edith one that you're talking about was built. That was by, a Wondery. It's Q code, not Wondery. Didn't Wondery? I think Wondery had a hand in it. Today. It was Crooked Media and Q Code, at least what I this had, one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, but it's a, it's a slew of audio dramas that they put yeah. together with really. They have usually one famous celebrity and then a cast of other B. I still think it's people. a horrible mm. business model. <laughs> no, it is because one, if you're if you're getting someone like Rosamund Pike, you got to pay her a shitload of money. Yep. Then you have to pay a boatload of money to promote it, which they did. You're probably looking at couple six figures yeah. to promote it and then you just only get a certain amount of return because it's only a couple episodes right and I'm sure there's and royalties or something that they have no to there's pay. I don't think there's royalties for it but you it's but, but the point is you just you in order I mean to make a podcast a successful business you need to have volume to a yeah. certain extent and it's hard to do with six episodes. Do you remember that podcast that was just came out? Um, it was some woman in New York, and she like wanted someone to acquire her podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, shameless self promotion or yes. something like that. That one. You thought it was the dumbest. Dumbest thing ever. Thing ever. <laughs> she spent thirty two thousand dollars on six episodes of a show. Ooh. And if you and I mean this in, in the most literal, logical sense possible, that if you could write it out in symbolic logic, the one show that could never be acquired is a show about wanting to be acquired. 
<laughs> because the moment you acquire it, yeah. the show loses all meaning. Yeah. The pursuit of being acquired yeah. is gone. And no and, well, and so why would anybody acquire the show, so it's like I want to marry what? someone who doesn't want to get married. <laughs> right. Where does the show what what could possibly the show go to after No, right. but yeah. thirty two thousand dollars for an independent podcast wow. for six episodes. I'm like, where did you spend the money? I mean, and she ended well, up getting a job with like right. running the the podcast for ABC or something, and that's fine. But my God, a thirty two thousand mm. dollar resume. Yeah, mm. she could have done it for a fraction Didn't of. Did someone cost. buy it though? Actually, yeah, they bought the RSS feed. They've never done anything with it. I feel like it was like I think a pity a purchase or something. Listeners though, wow. or like subscribers of that, you could turn that RSS feed into something else. What's in that big of an audience? Not. Yeah. Right, but even, like you're just gonna let it sit there then? So far, they have. Whoever those people that bought they, it. That's are. what they've done. <laughs> Should we um, turn to Bob? No. No. Okay. No, we talked you about don't that NDA already and the mafia. And oh. Is that's a serious thing? Well, not the mafia part. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I mean, like introducing the podcast. Oh, we can introduce Bob's podcast yeah. for him. Okay. The Honorable Bob. Wait, Dennis. is your oh. name even on it? Yeah. It is. Yes, but I only promote it in certain places. Okay, I see. Yes. Uh, How many people do you think are going to listen to this? To this? 20 maybe, and they might all be within the <laughs> Within the co-op? <laughs> yes. Just as, oh, I missed it, or I haven't been yet. I wonder what it's like. And then they'll be like, wow, that's chaotic. I don't want to show up anymore. <laughs> It's a lot better when we're all on yeah, our but heads. Think of all the That's knowledge so bombs you've gotten so over true. the months. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the, we should do a segment of useless podcast information, knowledge bombs or anything. This My, week in 1961, um, Jimi Hendrix joined the military, was told to, t- to join the military uh, because he had twice been caught in a stolen vehicle and was given a choice between prison and uh, joining the army and they put him into the 101st airborne and uh, he started out in uh, california then went to kentucky for uh, his boot camp was playing a guitar in the basically the, the what do they call it the uh, place where they all eat rec anyways hall. yeah rec hall type thing another gentleman walked by heard him playing went in got a, a bass uh, guitar and they formed a band and that was the beginning of his musical career oh. that was in 1961 so mm. there you go good to know Worthless when, information. When, when I got some useless information. Oh, excellent. When Jimi Hendrix moved to London, he lived in a house that was adjacent to a house by another famous magician. You know who, what the, who the musician was? George Friedrich Handel. And today, the two houses that were next to each other are the Handel Hendrix Museum. To appreciate the works of both Handel and Jimi Hendrix who have nothing to do with each other other than the fact that they live next door to each other 18 (laughs) there's a a a right handed guitar left handed isn't that Jimi Hendrix he did some he did some crazy stuff though right like on his guitar Jimi Hendrix oh yes one of the best Jimi Hendrix stories was when uh, the Beatles released Sgt. Pepper like it was released on like a, a Tuesday or Wednesday or something and Paul McCartney went to go see Jimi Hendrix like on Saturday 
and Jimi Hendrix had learned the like entirety of the album, and he played Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Land on stage like days after it was released, and Paul McCartney was like, what the hell? <laughs> And he was just blown away that he had not only, like, he learned it so well, but yeah. he had, like, learned it where he could, like, literally play it backwards and stuff. Mm. There's some people that have a supernatural ability to do something. I, I, I did an episode once where I talked about um, Mozart. And a lot of people said, well, where are the Mozarts of today? And it's like, the Mozart of today was Prince. And I mean that in a very literal sense. Because he... Like, in his very first albums, he played every instrument. Mm. He produced it. He wrote all the songs. He did everything. And he was proficient in, like, mm. damn near every every right. instrument you could think of. He had, when he died, he had a vault of, like, thousands, thousands of songs yeah. that he never released. Like, relentlessly That he, could, he couldn't access because he forgot the passcode to get into the vault. So for many years, it sat locked. <laughs> This is a true story. That doesn't surprise me. And he couldn't get into it. And there were literally, like you said, thousands and thousands of them. He wrote an average of 180 songs a week. Okay, wow. The only reason I know this is because there's a book out now that talks about uh, two people who had something in common, Charles Dickens and Prince, mm. and that both of them were compulsive about writing and how the massive quantities of what they produced on a daily basis could, like, fill warehouses. They're mm -hmm. prolific. He had every... Right. So Paisley Park, his house, he had every room in his entire mansion wired up so he could record it. Yeah. That, yeah. He's, and when I lived in Minneapolis, I for some reason, like, everyone had, like, a Prince story. Sure. Right. Like, some, they, like maybe they didn't meet him, but they knew someone who knew someone mm. who, who met him. Mm -hmm. And, like, when I was in college... Like, this guy who lived next to me my freshman year, like, his brother knew a cable installer who installed the cable for Prince. <laughs> sure. And he showed up, and he, like, and Prince, like, brought a six-pack, and they would go to every room and just have a beer while he was installing the cable. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. My I, I mean, I've never met him, but I could see, I, I don't know, I just feel like that's something that Prince would do. Yeah. I've only listened to some of his music and then heard stories from my professor in college who actually was in studio with him. Mm. Um, there was also a super great um, interview, I think it was NPR that did it, with his producer back in the day that was like, he would finish a concert and then immediately from the concert go to a recording studio and just record throughout the entire night. Like, wouldn't sleep and just keep making music. Mm. I went to his first show of the Love Sexy Tour which I believe was would have been 1988 because my sophomore year roommate so wanted to go so bad, but he didn't want to go alone, and he ended up paying me to go. <laughs> uh, Lisa and Lisa were there. Um, I think he had Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis there, uh, but it was at the old Met Center, which yeah. is where the North Stars played and where the Mall of America now is. Okay. Swell cast, urban, le uh, no, hold on, legends, urban, damn it. That's it, damn it. <laughs> Fuck, urban legends. And stranger truths. And stranger truths, thank you. Hmm. Yes, I just wanted to make sure that we got that in there. There you are. <laughs> which, which you won't get unless I send it to you. But I can send it to you. You can what? I can send it to them too. I would have to have you arrested. I could do that. <laughs> I honestly believe that. 
Remember I would be Bob, afraid. If you promoted the show, now I feel bad for saying you wouldn't it. have to work for the government. You <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have to have a civil service job. It's not really a civil service job. Yeah, I know, but I like saying that. You just like saying it. It's he the syllabus sound. He enjoys, the civil he enjoys his work, though. It is not something I'm trying to make a living at. I just enjoy doing it. It's yeah. fun. Um, it is so like podcasting. other people have hobbies, and, you know, it's just something to do. You could be a professional podcaster and then just do it, be a judge as a hobby. You could, I was you know, a, start I was sentencing pro- on people. Here's the deal. I was a professional broadcaster for 21 years, so, I mean, you know... Podcasting is kind of like having your own little, you know, studio room, and you just yeah. But the difference is, you're the boss. It's true. No, and I'm married. And there's no. Honey, <laughs> <laughs> can you keep it down? I'm trying to watch my show over here. I'm, I'm, I'm watching the wives, the housewives of New Jersey. Could you please tone down that I thing? I finally got all my um, acoustic panels installed oh, in my nice. bedroom slash studio. Sound nice. Better, better. Uh, plus, putting books and stuff on the shelves, I think, really helped. Mm. Um, the aesthetic. And so I got that going. Nice. Awesome. And if anyone's listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> what are yeah. you doing? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Don't you I'm have anything to better to do with your life? <laughs> That's true. For my show. And I would prefer, my, my first choice is somebody in the Fox Cities. Second choice is someone from the Philippines. So, That's, yeah. there's really good virtual assistants in the Philippines. Wow. Oh, I know. I've, I had one that I worked, worked for me for years. Yeah. Um, I paid her $500 a month. It was a full-time position, and with that, she was able to buy a new house and got married. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, I know. For um, yeah, five hundred bucks. Yeah. So if anyone's wow. interested, it's not a production role. It's going to have nothing to do with the actual podcast. It's going to have more to do with marketing and business surrounding the podcast. Yep. Social mm-hmm. merch, everything else. That yeah. I have no merch. No people, one else thinks about. People have been asking me for merch, and I have none. Unless you're on Patreon, and then all I got is I've never even received my own merch so I don't even know I think because some of your ads have merch in them yes if you're on Patreon you can get a hoodie a t-shirt and a sticker yeah that is my merch yeah that's just the logo but I think there's a lot of clever things I could do based on episodes and stuff I've done okay like you know more customized than just the cover art kind of a thing uh Rutherford B. Hayes is a big deal in Paraguay. A shirt like that or something. Um, Kishi sayings and yeah. those kinds of things. Uh, more on that in a bit. People have suggested. <laughs> which is something I always say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's lots of opportunity. Plus, uh, launching a proper email newsletter. Um, working on doing uh, teaching aids for the show. And all this for 500 bucks. Well, if you're in the Philippines. Are you going to use any of that money you had in a stack? <laughs> the total value of that money, like I said, it's probably not worth 100 bucks. Sentimental value for those people. That and in, in all practicality, if I took it to a bank, I don't think I could even. I think they would just laugh at me and send me out the door. <laughs> no, they'd probably arrest you. Mm, no, thanks. Aren't you Gary Art? <laughs> Do you know who made the plaques about the magician downtown? That's what you'd say. I was actually going to do another Appleton tie-in in an episode about uh, electricity. Hydroelectric dam? Yeah. Mm. 
Well, there's a whole bunch of firsts that Appleton has in terms of electricity. In fact, I was, there was a guy here that I, I talk to every so often uh, here at McFleshman's who was on the Appleton City Council. And he was talking, I, I told him about like, you know, my, I was, I did the, the Houdini thing. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we want to do more. It's like, Houdini is not the story in Appleton. The story is electricity. That's where you could really do something and get a National Park Service site because that is a, one, Houdini probably didn't live here more than three years. Yeah. From the age of one to like three or something, it wasn't very long. And but but the electricity thing is far more of an important story. Yeah. And it's yeah. a far more solid story because it wasn't just the first hydroelectric plant. It was the first house, the first mill, a right. lot of things that yeah. were that that came from this area. And electricity is pervasive. You know, the modern world doesn't exist without it. Right. Houdini said that his greatest escape was getting out of Appleton. That was Willem Dafoe. <laughs> No, actually, it was originally Harry Houdini. Did you know Will Harry Defoe Houdini? said it on the Tonight Show. Who's yeah. got guess who's facts. older? Come on, guess who's older? My junior year in high school. Do you think school. that Willem Dafoe stole it from Houdini? I was in uh, Global Studies at Appleton East. Mr. Radke was the teacher, and Platoon had made it to the cover of Time Magazine. I think Willem Dafoe was on the cover. And I remember him saying, oh, yeah, Bill Dafoe used to sit right over there. Bill Dafoe. Yes, no, that's that was it, his last name, yeah, was Bill Dafoe. And then he becomes Willem Dafoe. Nice. I, I so badly want to interview William Dafoe at some point in my life. Yeah. And just, like, start out the interview by saying, we have something in common. He goes, what? Appleton East. <laughs> because he'll probably be blown away. I don't think he's ever been here since he left, mm. as far as I know. He was the, uh, the uh, what do they call the guest speaker at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee last year for the, uh, what do they call that? Commencement address? Commencement address, mm. yes. Mm-hmm. Came in and he had on a, uh, uh, like a Marvel superhero t-shirt underneath oh, his, sure. his robe. Yeah. He was the Green Goblin. Green Goblin. Yes, the Green Goblin. So that's, yeah. Kind of wild. Yeah. William uh, Bill? Also, you were talking about uh, Houdini. Do you oh, know Bill Dafo. Dafo. Day long age. You were also talking about Houdini. You remember that? Yeah. You were here. I saw you. And Edna Ferber and Rocky Blair. What about They're what? from Appleton. Yes. Well, Edna Ferber, they named a school after her. Ferber, she yeah. she was an, she she wrote uh, Showboat, or I'm sorry, oh. is it? Sh- um, huh? What was the musical? Old Man River. Showboat. Showboat. Yeah. yeah. So she wrote the novel that that was based on. So she was a novelist. She's from Appleton. Uh, Rocky Blair, who won four Super Bowls with the Steelers, was from Appleton. Don Warner, not as big of a name, grew up right next to me. He was a catcher for the Cincinnati Reds, was Johnny Bench's backup, and caught Tom Seaver's only no-hit game. Um, That's impressive. We do have some namesakes here from mm-hmm. I think also that exhausts us. it, though. <laughs> We're here. Us. We're here, too. Things went down in a hurry, didn't they? <laughs> Everyone is happy. And you think this podcast is going to bring it back? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. This podcast is... A place for me to explore 
and feel like we're actually creating something on, during these meetings instead of. Do you think that? So we're it's what you call a delusion. Or do you just? I call it a tax do deduction. You, do you just want to feel like we're creating something? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Call it a tax deduction. That's also true. And then I can charge these beers on my business credit. I. And, Gary's buying, so it's you can't charge. It. I've, learned a, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about podcasting since I started my show. Yeah. I mean, I knew I knew quite a bit beforehand because I've been doing it for like eleven years. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But you do it as a business. Some of us just do it for correct. fun. Correct. But I think more people could do it as a business. Mm-hmm. But and do we want to? You have right. to make a very huge commitment, though, in order to yeah. do that. That has to become your life. That has to be what right. you're doing. It, I mean, has to it be doesn't like need to be your life, but it needs to be a priority. And the problem with most podcasts are people like, oh, yeah, I want to start a podcast. And it's just, so they start it, but it's like very low on the priority list. And then something in their life comes up like it always does. And they just forget to do it. And then they just kind of dies. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation, Eden and I had a conversation where we where where like cuz sometimes tension happens and i'm like maybe we should take a summer break and he's like maybe we should just take a breath so i feel like we kind of balance each other out we're like you know sometimes i'm not feeling it and sometimes he's not feeling it. so having that like co that collaborative and there's aspect. nothing wrong absolutely nothing wrong with doing it as a hobby I know right. a lot of people that do that, and that is perfectly acceptable. We're not taking a summer break, um, by the way. We're just was, taking a breath. I was in a position <laughs> when I started my show where I had to make it work. Yeah. I really right. had no choice. Yeah. And I, I drives it. Yeah, oh, yeah. That makes sense. Um, but given what I learned, I think more people. And I think it starts with the, the, the format of the show. And I realized a lot of this in hindsight, that I made some good decisions, decisions even though I didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. I simplified the show down to a point where I don't think I can make it any simpler. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I don't have seasons. I think seasons are a bad idea for most people unless there's a tangible thing you can say, season one is about this, season two is about that. Mm. And for most people, it's just season one I did and then I didn't want to do it for a while and then I started season two. Mm. That's really what it means. And I don't, I wouldn't do it for that. Uh, But the, the format is something that more people need to think about. And I think that that's something I learned that I I developed a format before I started Mm -hmm. and that's worked very well for me. And most people right. think about this is what I want to talk about, right? And they don't think about the format. Mm-hmm. They just think about the subject, and the subject is not a podcast. It's just a, it's an episode. <laughs> no, but, you know, oh, I suffer from this problem, and I want to talk about it. Yeah, and that's what a lot of podcasts are. They're not coming at it from a position of authority or experience. They right. just come at it from like a therapeutic standpoint, where like I want to talk about this. I think that it comes from the social media. Uh, trend recent because it's just people mm. going on live and talking about their experiences mm-hmm. and people translate that to podcasts too I think. and that's fine but if you want to find success um, you need to be offering something mm-hmm. and I've also come to realize that there's two well there's three kinds of podcasts a hobby podcast a podcast where you're selling a product or service and a podcast where you're, where you're doing advertising mm-hmm. Mine is the third type, and it's a very broad audience, 
but your monetization options are a lot less. I know many people that have a very small audience, but they do very well financially because they're selling a product or service. Mm-hmm. They're selling a course, coaching, very specific, whatever. Like one of the most profitable ones is like an IT niche one that only has like 500 subscribers, but it's all the top IT people in the largest right. companies in the United States. And you can do that. Yeah. Uh, and then in, in a hobbyist podcast, you don't need to worry about money at all. Um, but I think, you know, I had a guy that was talking to me. and was like, yeah, I was looking at what you're saying about buying ads and doing this. And it was like, um, you know, his show was about like, you know, personal finance and personal freedom and, you know, entrepreneurship, one of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's your problem. You're never going to make money selling ads. You have to have something to sell right. because you're never going to get there's, there's a, these type of shows are a dime a dozen. You need to have something to, I mean, there are, yeah. right? Everyone's trying to copy the same Pat Flynn, Jordan entrepreneur on fire type models, mm. and that only goes so far. So I'm considering, but I, I need to record a number of them ahead of time in order to even think about putting something out there, just because I think that'll be an easier thing to do. Um, but thinking about doing like, meditation like a daily meditation podcast are you familiar with the women's meditation network podcast no katie christomos i think does it she's done she has like a crap load of podcasts and she just does monster downloads mm. like her biggest show is about as big as mine she's doing like a million a month and then she has she, and then she started like five other shows that are all doing similar i talked yeah. to her earlier this year at podfest and there is a huge potential in something like that. So I have often been told, um, which is part of the reason why I started guiding yoga practices, I've often been told that I have a really nice reading voice. So Create that is why. a script. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And this is something, again, I found out by accident. By having a script, yep. it makes everything easy. Yeah. 100%. You're not sitting there editing out ums and ahs. Yep. When you interview someone, you're having a real conversation and it requires editing. Yeah. When it's scripted, it's so much easier. Yeah. And then you can take the script and publish a blog post. Yep. Or you can make it as part of a chapter of an ebook. Yeah. Or you, there's lots just, of ways you I can mix created, and match for it. I just created a webinar and it took me forever just because I I had the I had the um, slide deck, but then I had to create the script. And then I had to record the script. <laughs> so, like, and I recorded the script in parts. So it was the, like a 22-minute uh, webinar that took me a month and a half to the create. Longest, the longest, the biggest part of what I do is writing the script. Yeah. You said that it takes t- you like four hours, right? Or more. Well, and lately I've been waking up at like five in the morning, writing it, and then I record it at somewhere around nine, nine thirty, and then I, I record it. But the recording mm-hmm. part is trivial once you've written it. Right. And you just need to practice. Yeah. You need to understand that you are giving a performance. Right. Yeah. Which involves vocal inflection, yes. everything else. Yeah. And then it becomes super easy. Yeah. And I mean, I think I think like a meditation show have, is a great yeah, idea. Once I have all of the all of the scripts in place, it'll be super easy to do. I think just like your show, it's something that people build into their habits, and I think that's yeah. where a lot of successful podcasts. Check out check out the show I mentioned because I think hers yeah, is also a daily show. Yep, I wrote it down. And the benefits of a daily show is it increases the 
advertising surface area right. of a podcast, yeah. which means the number of listeners you need to achieve an escape velocity mm-hmm. is much lower than what it would be. So if my if I if my show is a weekly show, mm-hmm. even if it was longer, mm-hmm. I would not be able to make nearly as much money as I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people I've had say, well, yeah, you have so many downloads because it's a daily show. I'm like, yeah, that's a feature, not a bug. Mm-hmm. Because if I had a weekly show with 14 ads, mm-hmm. nobody would listen to that. Right. That's too many ads. Yeah. But two ads per day is somehow considered reasonable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I have very few people that complain about it, even though I'm delivering 14 ads a week for basically, mm-hmm. you know, a little over an hour's worth of content. Yeah. Whereas, like, with that Deep with Eden and Jess, it's more of kind of our own... We're trying to grow our own ability to communicate and empathize and listen and that kind of thing. So it's not necessarily like we're not necessarily as interested in the, the downloads side. or the monetization. Like that's perfectly fine. If you feel but, you're yeah. you're making progress in that area. Uh, yeah, it's just a different way of looking at so what, like, yeah. what success looks like in that space. Yeah. Yeah. True. You know, I've known people that, that literally just wanted to practice their interviewing skills, practice yeah. their ability to, they had some sort of stage fright, and they wanted to mm-hmm. talk in front of a microphone. Mm-hmm. And if podcasting can help them do that, great. Yeah. You know, you don't, yeah. you don't have to, to, to be a business. But that being said, something like meditation, I think you, you could. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. Yeah, you really could. Yeah, and I would give it a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if if you want to rip a page out of what I did, when before I started my show, I sat down and I wrote a hundred ideas. Mm. Mm-hmm. Here's a hundred ideas of for show, and I've kept that that same list. It's a Google Doc. I've been adding to it yep. ever since and deleting as I've done it. Um, you don't have to have a daily show, mm-hmm. but even if it was say three times a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that will help immensely. Yeah. Because if, if you look at an equation of what determines success of a podcast, obviously, you know, there's a qualitative element. Mm-hmm. But there are the other two elements. One is time. Right. Can't do anything about time other than just stick with it. Mm-hmm. The other is number of episodes you produce. Yeah. And that you can do something about. Mm-hmm. So the more episodes you can produce, let's say you did three a week, you're looking at 150 episodes your first year. Yeah. That would otherwise take you three years to do that if you were doing a weekly show. Right. Yeah. So it is a little bit of a way to accelerate what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just hit the mass. Hit, hit them with masses in a single year. Kind mm-hmm. of. And I, that's, want, I wanted to see if I could build a podcast without using an RSS by going out and recruiting people across social uh, media formats and by feeding them what I had for a program. I do four to six shows a day and uh, they're anywhere from three to five minutes each. And uh, so far, we've got 400 and some shows out. Bob's a machine. Huh? You're a machine. Mm. And, but uh, I've been trying to build a listener, the listenership of the followers and the downloads and uh, the number of listens so far is around 121,000 since January 1, which is pretty good for not really having any true system of, of doing it other than, a, other than feeding it. Yeah, and being and a, in a closed-wall platform. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, a, and a couple thousand followers. So yeah. it's, you know, it's interesting. It's just, mm-hmm. And that's really, for me, the part of it that's enjoyable is to see if you can take something and intellectually build it in such a way that um, 
you can say you did it from ground zero and just see how it was put together. You know, someday I might make that crossover. I don't know that I would do it necessarily, you know, tomorrow, but... Uh, I mean, I think, like, radio stations, there's just programs that feed them new ideas and news stories and everything else, and it's just... They pay buku dollars just to have a news feed of, here's the latest local news, here's a stupid mm. subject to pull from social media that you can ask people about. Mm. So you think a lot of the times they come up with that stuff, but there's programs on the back end that are feeding them everything, at least the bigger news stations. Yeah. The thing that I find amazing and interesting is that um, I will feed some things to people. But then I, when I do my tracking on what I, on who is you know listening or where they're at, um, that I'm picking up people that I that I never targeted, mm. that picked it up from someplace else. I mean, I, I know Gary's got listeners all over the world. And I don't. I'd have nowhere near a comparison. I'm not uninterested. I just have to like use the bathroom really bad. Yeah. Okay, I'll just sit and wait. Um, anyways, uh, but I mean, it shows that that I got listeners in in London and Paris and. Yeah. and so I think you said Paris was your number one city. Well, no, I sent you those stats. Yeah. And uh, I did a thing about uh, caves off the uh, the uh, the Iberian coast that had uh, paintings and artwork on them. I had 1,200 people that listened to that one from Iberia. And I'm like, are you in that area? It's like, are you kidding me? You know, and it's one person listens to it and they tell somebody else and it's like, it's not that good of a show. You know? It's like, you people need to find something to do. They're all trying to learn English. Yeah, well, they're not doing very well in, with me. Let me tell you. <laughs> Um, so, I did run into a man at a bookstore the other day who was looking for uh, a book about uh, the ship, the Indianapolis from World War II. Do you remember that one? The sharks? Yes, with the sharks. No. And uh, Nicholas Cage was in a movie about that. Was he? They did a movie. I don't think it was I a very good seeing, movie. But I remember seeing a movie. Uh, he was in every movie, so. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so uh, I knew where the book was. It wasn't far away from where I was standing in the history section, so I handed it to the guy. We started talking, and I told him, I said, you know what you might be interested in. It's a podcast. He said, oh, I listen to podcasts. Interestingly enough, he said he listens to them on YouTube. And I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, don't even get me started about YouTube podcasts. I knew you were going to yeah. go. I knew he'd I bite on that. I'm trying to wrap, uh, up, wrap up the episode for the night. So, oh so anyways, <laughs> but anyways, I told him, no, 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 no. You have to listen to a podcast like on, on a real podcast feed. And I told him, I said, here's something you'll like. It's called Everything Everywhere Daily. And uh, I pulled it up on my phone. I showed him the, your, your uh, artwork. And uh, then I went to the site and I showed it to him. And he was like, "Oh wow, wow!" And, the, and he's in Appleton, really? He, and the guy was just like totally enthralled. And I was like, "Okay, you know." I would love nothing more than more listeners in Appleton. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin isn't even in the top ten for states that listen to the show. We're still a radio state, I think. You know what? Wisconsin, uh, back in the day, and this goes back to broadcast, was one of the target states for research for marketing, believe it or not. It's one of the reasons why Green Bay was a target market for products. They used to take and sample products, everything from uh, soap to paper towels to cereals, and, and they did it because there was no major market influence at the time. There was no cable at the time, and Green Bay was separate. You couldn't get a, a Milwaukee signal in Green Bay at the time. Interesting. So it was used as a marketing uh, research facility. That's why Nielsen. That's why Nielsen had the huge research facility up in Green Bay. Marino? I didn't know they had that. Yes, it's still there. It's a huge facility. Not as big as it was a few years ago, but still there. Anyways, so. Yeah. 
All right, now it's my turn. Now it's your turn? I'm going to the little podcaster's okay. office. Well, we'll wrap it up. You know what I'm going to do we'll there? I'm oh, going to go potty. Wrap it up. We'll wrap it potty up. talk. Jess is back. Jess is back. Jess is back. You know what we were talking about, Jess? Podcasting on YouTube. <laughs> oh, just trying to summarize it. Uh, there is no podcasting on YouTube. All the, stuff all the stuff they've done is just... Their, their podcasting strategy is... Put your stuff. We're going to call YouTube videos podcasts. The end. Uh-huh. That's all it is. Yeah, because then sure. they're making you cut out any ads from anything that you've done, and then I got nothing against YouTube. You jump through hoops. Like they're very successful people who yep. run YouTube channels. I may start a YouTube channel, but it's going to be a different thing. Yeah, so it's just going to be a, a, a YouTube channel and the podcast, and they'll be separate. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to call it a podcast. Um, and that, so that's what, another person I got to hire too. What, we, what we've done with that, the reason that that Steve with Eden and Jess is on YouTube is for that extra layer of vulnerability. So you get to see the, visual. the yeah, you get to see the visual, you get to see the body language. It's like. You know, you don't see the body language. You don't see the facial expressions when you're just listening. Now, certainly, please listen also, Okay. <laughs> but you get to see what's going Here's on. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Yes. What are we going to do, You're going to do another interview with me. Okay. <laughs> we're going to do it at my place. Okay. With better lighting. And your brand new acoustic panels? No, we're not going to do it in that room. Oh. We're going to do it in my living room. Okay. Because I got all these windows and it'll be very nice. And are we going to... Are and we gonna, I got some wine. Are you gonna get to like um, watch a movie from your like collection afterwards? I found even more of them. I have them stacked up so high that Uh-oh. you'll be astounded. And, it, and it's quality. Yeah. I do have Billy Madison, but I also have like <laughs> the Seventh Seal. Yes, I do have the Seventh Seal. Perfect. I have Ingmar Berg. I have most Academy Award winners prior to say 2000. Mm-hmm. I have most of the Criterion Collection, including some videos that I will never ever let you watch because they're so horrible and disgusting that I could never in good faith do it. I've watched it once. I'm never going to watch it again. Um, But a lot of really, um, you know, great films. But that's not it. The point is, I have a Sony A6000 that we can hook up to a uh, to your laptop mm-hmm. to do proper video okay. instead of a webcam. Yes. And we can do proper audio. Yeah. And with that. Yeah. So just it, the, the goal would be to simply try to create a level of production maybe a little bit above what you're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, and that's something that we are working on. We're working on equipment um, and I don't, I don't, yeah. you shouldn't spend a ton of money on it. I'm not saying that. Yep. You're going to loan this shit from David. That's what you're going to do. We're going to get this backpack and set this up. We'll rent it. Instead of having we'll rent one, it for instead of having one <laughs> Yeti microphone for everything, yes. <laughs> you'll use these. Yeah, perfect. Right. And we'll set that up. Yeah. And then you'll have something decent. I agree. I think that that's where YouTube will be successful for people is yeah. if they have the facial expressions, the visual on it. And that's what um, like New York Times and everything else has found successful. When they just put the sound on, YouTube, it doesn't perform. But when they have a video to a company, I, I technically have my podcast on YouTube. It gets updated every day, and nobody listens to it. I have I have like two episodes that, for whatever reason, have like ten thousand views. Mm. What more value does it add than the regular RSS feed, which is no, and that's why I want to hire someone to do videos. Right. And all it 
has to be his B-roll footage, yeah. static images, doesn't have to be anything yeah, fancy. Yeah, yeah. There are lots of channels like that. Um, that do all. Where they're Sorry, talking in the background and then yeah. they just have like animation or they have... Yeah, I'm not going to record myself yeah. talking because that's like, you know, watching a, a video of somebody recording an audiobook. That's well, no one I wants mean, to watch I will that. Say, Unless like, you're Andy Serkis, then people... Andrew Huberman? Huberman... Uh, Huberman Labs? Yeah, Lab. Yeah. He does well with that, it seems, so... But he's not doing a scripted show. That's, yeah. So the shows that do well like that are doing interview shows because my show well, is scripted it's not going to some of his shows are interviews but some of it is just him relaying but the, information but, that's, that's but the information but is that's a monologue right yeah. yeah my shows are literally I'm reading and that's boring yeah this is multi yeah yeah yeah. Pull, yeah that makes sense track recording so I can pull just your channel here's the okay let's let's schedule this okay let's pick a date sometime in the next two weeks you guys can come to my place you can show up I'll bring with the, this, I'll bring back. we'll set everything up, and try to do, we'll focus on production. And if I can't bring the pack, I'll get you the pack somehow. We'll, we'll do it. Can I come watch? No, actually, I would like you to show up. Okay. And I will feed you, provide drinks, and... Did you say, can you come watch? I'll yeah. produce for this. Yeah. Simply because I've never had anyone over to my place, so it'd be an opportunity. I would love yes. to see your movie collection. We're going to drink your beer and play your video games. <laughs> I don't Sounds have beer, but I do have wine. Um, even, can you tell me the story better, behind the I, bottle? I love wine. wine. I, I realize I, got I, for free I don't drink trips. beer very often. You're not going to make us watch Warrior Nun, are you? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I want to watch Come Fury. She's a warrior, but she's, she's a, nun. a nun. This is warrior almost nun. like this is almost like Kung Fu, right? And with that, I it's think we come. You, no, because you think of Mrs. Davis. I would just finish watching that. Oh my god. Which okay, one? So I haven't finished it yet, but I've been watching. What are you and watching? I'm loving it, Mrs. Davis. So Betty Gilpin, who is the nun yeah. in Mrs. Davis, yeah. she was the star of Glow, Glamorous Ladies of Wrestling, on Netflix. Oh. And and, uh, along with Allison Brie, who is on Community and yeah. Mad Men. Okay. Oh. So you're watching Warrior Nuns and Glamorous Ladies of Wrestling. Glamorous Ladies of Wrestling was based on the actual okay, wrestling program Glow in the 1980s. I want to go back to I need to get going, so we're going to stop the recording because we've come full circle. We started out talking about nuns. We've been talking in circles gonna, for, end, for hours. We're going to end it talking about nuns as well. Oh, I just, I just, it doesn't like, mean the conversation. I need to get the fuck out of here. It doesn't mean the conversation over, but I told my wife I'd be home at a certain hour, and we're already past that hour. So, Linz, I'm sorry. I love you. I'll be home soon. Whoever is listening we to this, if you don't you. show up the first Wednesday of every month, shame on you. Shame on And when we show up on the first Wednesday of every month, shame on us. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone.